Hello and welcome to Hacked Off. In today's episode, we're going to do this month's month in review. So what has been happening in November? Well, quite quite a lot of different things. It was quite a difficult month this month to pick the, the one thing to talk about. But just to give you some highlights, if you've missed some of the news, the Labour Party announcing that they've been hacked. Some quite strong words, both from the Labour Party and some of the media response to that. So I'll add a couple of lines onto that. We see another WhatsApp major security vulnerability coming out to do with sharing video files and how uh, secure messaging isn't always perfectly secure. And of course, uh, a bit of an odd one, the Disney Plus service getting hacked. So where to start? Well, I think the the Labour Party announcing their, uh, their cyber attack uh, has certainly been an interesting one. It, it leads on from one of our earlier podcasts where we talked about uh, essentially um, election security and, and the hacking of uh, smart or online uh, election systems. This isn't necessarily what, what that is, but of course these things do all uh, link together. I mentioned in the election security podcast, if you, if you haven't heard that one, that the, the Mueller report from uh, Robert Mueller about the, the uh, intervention into the US election system, that, that there was some uh, indications that you know foreign nation states had involvement in that. Not necessarily to the degree that some people might have suspected, but they did mention that GRU officers were at least successful in one attack against the Illinois State Board of Elections, which led to a data breach. So tangentially related to election hacking, and, and I think that uh, the Labour attack that happened recently is kind of similar in that way. Uh, a political party having disruption against their systems, but not necessarily the whole, you know, hacking an election and, and, and turning the actual results. However, that doesn't, uh, of course, prevent some media outlets on, on having some, some really serious uh, responses to this and, and coming up with some um, really, really strong terms around what actually happened. So if you haven't been following it, essentially Labour got hit by a distributed denial of service attack. These are fairly frequent attacks for anyone who, who works in information security, anyone who, who works in cyber security. They're, they're not unusual to hear about. And, and they can be fairly difficult to, to counter if they are sophisticated and, and large scale. You know, if it's uh, not simple to to clean the traffic, or of course, if the system under attack hasn't been set up well to to deal with a distributed denial of service attack if they don't have DDoS protection. You know, we have a party spokesman here from um, Labour saying, we have experienced a sophisticated and large-scale cyber attack on Labour digital platforms. It, it sounds very strong. And I always do warn people to take these kinds of uh, announcements, the, the spokesperson um, words with, you know, a little bit of a, of a pinch of salt, a little bit of, um, well, of course, they would say that if any organization were hacked, it's incredibly unlikely that that organization would come out and say, yep, you know what, an inexperienced, young beginner of a computer hacker has targeted our systems. They always say sophisticated, large scale cyber attacks. So you know, whilst these statements are certainly interesting and it's worth drilling down, and, and I will drill down into um, some of the information around these attacks, you know, 
sophisticated and large scale, mm, it, it needs to be demonstrated. It needs to be seen that that it is that. I wouldn't necessarily uh, trust those words on on their value. But one of the things that I think is is worth um, looking at here is yes, this is a distributed denial service attack. Yes, that can uh, disrupt systems, can take systems down. Generally, don't lead to to uh, data breaches. Doesn't mean they can't be used at the same time in a in a complex attack. You know, from the attacker's point of view, if you were aiming to um, steal data, performing a denial of service attack at the same time to a uh, a different system, an unrelated system, could be a good way to um, essentially cause a distraction. You know, if you wanted to get away with stealing large amounts of data, then performing a denial of service attack, getting the organization to to stand up, you know, start following through their incident response plan, um, distracting them is a thing that we see. But in this case, you know, the, the labor spokesperson coming out saying that, you know, th- this was just disruption. We are confident that no data breach has occurred is the, is the terms that they've used. So how has the media responded to this? Well, I've seen a, a series of articles talking about um, data breaches versus DDoS and, and those kinds of things. And, and, and that's good to, you know, to, to educate um, the public on those kinds of things. Hey, if it's just a DDoS, those are just disruption attacks. They don't lead to data breaches. That's cool. However, I saw one article which uh, which got my hackles up a little bit and I think it's worth um, just talking about briefly here. Um, almost anyone could have cyber-hacked the Labour Party and now our democracy is under threat. Subtitle, the Labour hack has exposed how we all have a de facto right to bear digital arms and no one seems to care. Some pretty powerful words from the Independent there. <sighs> Does no one care about election security? Well, we had a podcast previously where we were discussing some of the risks, some of the precautions, and, and some of the history. You know, um, having election systems online, be it the vote themselves, or just things like um, party systems to allow them to do canvassing and to talk to uh, uh, potential voters and those kinds of things. It's not new. It's been going on for, for many, many years. And I'm sure that these organizations would care uh, about the security of those systems, if for no other reason than when those systems are disrupted, they can't be used for the purpose that they were built for. So coming out with no one seems to care about um, security, that's very interesting. We on this podcast, of course, care because we already spoke about election security. So that's um, something worth uh, worth mentioning, if nothing else. Um, and this, uh, we have a de facto right to bear digital arms. Uh, strong words there, strong words there. Um, of course... Computer misuse, as we know it in in uh, Britain, uh, in America, is generally computer fraud. It is, of course, a, a crime. We have the Computer Misuse Act that protects against that. There's related acts, things like um, protection of uh, of data in transit, the Wireless Telegraphy Act, those kinds of things. But but generally, when we think of hacking, it's the Computer Misuse Act. Uh, people do care because there's there's laws against it, and of course, uh, people are charged with with crimes. So. Um, interesting things around this this uh, labor attack from a media response point of view. At the end of the day, it's just a DDoS attack, or at least it seems so, so far. So um, that's about that. Another one that I wanted to mention, though, and, uh, and spent a couple of m- minutes on, is the, the Disney Plus hack. Uh, I wanted to mention that because it was um, relevant to, to another podcast that we had recently, so a little bit of follow-on from our Password Manager podcast. Now... If you haven't heard of the Disney Plus attack, if maybe your attention has been uh, directed towards Labour announcing their attack, then uh, the Disney Plus one might have um, gone under under your radar. Well, Disney Plus had some issues around security. 
not necessarily, again, the way that the media has portrayed them, but you do see a lot of headlines, I have seen recently a lot of headlines, about how Disney Plus has been hacked. And what it seems to have been is a series of phishing attacks, which may or may not be related, and uh, a series of accounts being compromised through things like credential stuffing. So unrelated services getting hacked and then usernames and password combinations being tried on new services. We, we see this a lot, and certainly attackers who are trying to uh, monetize their efforts could um, hack some local council or some other uninteresting system, take these stolen usernames and passwords, and then try them against uh, you know, PayPal, bank accounts, those kinds of things, in this kind of password reuse or credential stuffing kind of attack. Um, those aren't new. But in the case of, uh, of Disney+, Plus, that seems to be what happened. The Disney Plus uh, service was <laughs> announced. It became incredibly popular. Something like 10 million subscribers on the first day. And then thousands of attacks being compromised. I don't have the exact number of accounts. I certainly haven't seen that be um, publicized anywhere. But um, 10 million subscribers on the first day. Then thousands of accounts being hacked. Mm, not, a, not a huge breach. And when it comes down to things like credential reuse, there is an argument that could be said where was the service itself hacked? And I could understand some kind of uh, veteran cybersecurity people, some old school cybersecurity people saying, you know, this service wasn't hacked, the service uh, operated as expected, and, you know, this was uh, the foul of the user, either falling for phishing attacks or uh, reusing passwords or those kinds of things. And I'll, I'll get to, to both viewpoints in just a second, but a little bit of follow-up from our Password Manager um, podcast that we did. Um, I announced, uh, in my opinion, that I think everyone should use Password Managers, and, and hopefully I did uh, a good job of convincing some of you who haven't considered Password Managers or were maybe unsure about using Password Managers in, in favor of alternatives to, to use them. It's, it's generally, in my opinion, the best solution in almost every case. Um, however... I was contacted by one of you. I, I won't, won't shout the person out by name, uh, but they know who they are. I, I didn't uh, ask them if they wanted to be named on the podcast. But um, one of the listeners uh, shouted out over social media and said, hey, you know, in, in their opinion, they think that you should base passwords on a formula. And there was a blog post that accompanied the, the statement that, that kind of um, argued the point. And, you know, I went over that. And there's, there's some good points to be made, of course, for both sides. Um, but generally, I, I did consider that most security people would probably err on the side of a password manager in most instances. So I did a poll on social media, and it turned out to be a fairly big one for the way that Twitter polls tend to go. Got 919 votes, and 83% of people said that. To the question, for passwords, people should use a password manager or base them on a formula, 83% of the 919 voters said use a password manager. The reason that I that I mention that isn't like, a, oh, I win, look, the majority of people side with me. The reason I mention it is I found that surprisingly low. I thought the vast majority, I thought it would be high 90s of people would be saying use a password manager. Um, but no, it turns out 17% of people who voted thought best them on a formula was, was the way to go. So some differing opinions there, which I thought were interesting. I'm still team password manager, but it's it's great to hear from from you all when you uh, have different opinions, and certainly when you have you know those those write ups that you know instead of just presenting um, I disagree with you, you know, an actual well thought out argument. So thank you for that. In the context of Disney Plus, though, when we're talking about things like credential stuffing, is it the user's fault 
when passwords are reused. <laughs> to some degree, yes, of course, the user is in charge of choosing their own passwords. But with these services, I always do think, is there more that could have been done for the user experience? I'm not talking specifically about Disney Plus here, but I'm talking about the, you know, the broader kind of credential stuffing, weak passwords, password reuse. Is, is there more that could be done? Now, we talk about, you know, preventing credential stuffing, password reuse through things like um, two-factor authentication, and not to go down that whole rabbit hole, but, you know, is two-factor authentication available? Is it easy to set up? Is it advertised to the user as being available? You know, is the user uh, a, a general user of two-factor authentication but doesn't know that this service offers that? You know, is it is it buried in the menu somewhere? I think there is potentially more that we could be doing there. See a lot of recommendations coming up from things like um, weak password services. You know, instead of just telling users, um, oh, you know, uh, use a password more than eight characters and use a password that has complexity. By complexity, of course, I mean uppercase, lowercase, number symbols, you know, mixed case. Um, you know, is that where we should be drawing the line for security or should we be telling users um, things like, hey, this is a known bad password, this password is based on a dictionary word, or using password lookup services like Have I Been Pawned? That's not the only service that offers that kind of um, check a password to see if it's been used in a data breach, but it's, it's one of them. Should websites be using those services as well? And I generally think that all services should investigate those options. Users, you know, sometimes they're non-technical, sometimes they don't care, but sometimes they're just not well-informed. And through the user experience of a service, maybe we can do more, maybe we can um, add more there. Um, I'd be really curious to hear what the audience thinks to see if, uh, to see if uh, people are, uh, are siding with me. Then actually, I do think these services should do more in terms of supporting two-factor authentication advertising the support of two-factor authentication and making sure that users are aware of how to set it up. They're aware of their options in terms of, you know, the debacle, the debate around SMS-based 2FA or, you know, U2F, those kinds of things, that other, other forms of two-factor authentication. And I generally do think that, that services, wider services, should consider things like informing users basing passwords on dictionary words is, is not ideal. I'm sure somebody on social media me now saying that you should all base them on a formula. 17% of you out there seem to think that's the, the right answer. But hopefully everyone agrees that a lot of services can do more than they're doing. You know, offering users just passwords, offering them no guidance on how passwords should be formulated. Um, or, you know, gosh, these um, things like password strength meters. I see those on a lot of websites. And I see a lot of websites that have password strength meters where you put something like password one, two, three, or something like that, marking those as strong, because the way that they're grading them is is wrong. You know, they might be thinking, well, that's a password of over 10 characters, and it has complexity, so it must be secure. Of course, password one, two, three is not a secure choice. It's one of the first ones that I would check, depending on my mood. Maybe welcome 2020 or password 2019 would be another. But these easily guessed common passwords that have been included in, in been included in breaches throughout the years. Maybe services can do more to uh, to tell users about those weaknesses, linking into services like Have I Been Pwned or Alternatives, possibly something extra that they can do as well. Um, let me know over social media what you think. Do you think this is um, Disney's fault? Do you think this is the service's fault in terms of not enabling users to make good security choices? Or do you think this falls 
um, strictly in the hands of the users for for making these poor choices? Do you think, well, everybody knows password123 is a bad choice or reusing passwords is a bad choice and and it's their fault? Um, Or somewhere in the middle. Let us know over social media and I will see you in the next podcast. (laughs) 